Hey, welcome to Rushcast. My name's Jay Mantis, and thank you for checking out uh, a little bit of a bonus episode here for you today in the middle of the week that I think you will enjoy. Earlier this week, we did our episode in the middle of the album series about Alex Lifeson's solo record, Victor, and I talked with Brandon Dyke about that. And we had some questions about the record because there's not a lot of info on that record. So I'm happy to introduce and welcome to Rushcast, uh, the guitarist from that record, Bill Bell. How's it going, Bill? That's going fantastic, thanks. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, Bill, I contacted Bill a week ago and Facebook decides what messages get seen, uh, it seems. I've, ha- I've run into this in a few different on a few different occasions. So he just messaged me and said, hey, I would love to do this. So here we are and I appreciate it. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me. That um, that record, uh, I'm really proud of that record. You are. So, so how did it? You know, how do you know Alex? I guess. Well, um, I was uh, playing with Tom Cochran, who is a, a Canadian um, roots guy. He's uh, very well known here, and so uh, we did a um, a show uh, called Kumbaya. I believe it was 1993 as a benefit for, for AIDS awareness. And Alex was a guest on that show, and so we ended up actually playing together on, on that show, and that's when we met uh, the first time. Mm-hmm. And then just became friends. So we're, uh, you know, this it seems like this album kind of came out of nowhere to me, and I'm, and I'm 24 years old. I wasn't, like, I didn't know what music was when this record came out, right? Um, so looking back as Rush fans, for us it's a weird thing that, solo albums even existed out of Rush. Uh, what was like? What was the concept? What was the idea when it was pitched for this record? Well, I just think that, um, that um, Alex probably wanted to do this for a while, and, um, and he and I were just chatting, and then he called me out of the blue and asked if I'd be interested in, uh, in writing and working on this record form. So we, we spent about six months um, uh, on our off time, basically writing and recording it with various people at his own studio in his house. And so it was really more of a labor of love. I mean, I, I really hoped that the record would do more than it did, but um, but I, I think that Rush had uh, one of their records coming out shortly after, and I think that kind of overshadowed uh, his own solo record. Yeah, that's one of the things we, we pointed out in the episode was how uh, this record seemed like it took like a long time, recorded in 94, 95, released in 96, and then Rush came out with their next record in 96 as well. So that was... The timing was a little exactly. weird, it seems. Exactly. But I, but I mean, Alex and I had a really great time making it, and, and I think for, for Alex it was therapeutic just to do something on his own because, I mean, when you're in a band, um, everything is done by committee, and so all decisions are made by committee. And, and, this, and on this particular occasion, Alex had you know the full reins to do whatever he wanted. Uh, I guess I'll ask like the sort of cliche question that I, I kind of have to ask is, is Alex different than any other guitarist you've ever worked with? Is he... Is he similar in any way? Is there anything unique about him? Well, I mean, I, I mean, what I find great about Alex is how stylized he is. I mean, you know, when he plays a solo, um, uh, it sounds like Alex Lyson. I mean, he, he's, he has he has such a unique voice. Yeah. And uh, and, and and something else that uh, that really struck me uh, when I was uh, writing songs with him is, uh, you know, when I was younger, you know, I was a Rush fan when I was a kid, and, and, and when I was younger, I just had this vision of, of the guy sitting around trying, you know, writing songs and on time signatures, and, 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 and like, oh, man, we're going to mess people up with this one, you know what I mean? And, and just kind of doing it, doing it consciously. But in reality, when I was writing with Alex, he, he actually just hears music that way. 
And, uh, and so we would be writing into a cassette deck or, or, you know, running the computer or whatever. And, um, and, and we'd be jamming on, on something and then we would listen back and have to figure out what time signature he was actually playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a musician, like that's, that's how I've come to understand weird time signatures is that you don't really count them. You feel them. They feel a certain way and they have a certain groove to them. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly it. And it sounds like most of a lot of that in Rush might be coming from Alex. So, um, yeah, I mean it's hard to say because I mean Ged Ged has his own uh, home studio as well, and so uh, I I think on a lot of the Rush records that they would uh, you know uh, create ideas on their own and then and then bring them into rehearsal and see what happens. Sure, uh, like, like like any other band. Brandon told me that he read he thinks he read in an interview that Alex calls you Pookie. Yeah, well you know he has uh, he has nicknames for everybody, right? <laughs> Yeah, I like guess he, so. He, I like he's, it. He's, he's lurks. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're wondering about the the equipment used. Were you using your own guitars that you preferred? Did Alex request a certain kind of guitar, or did you play his instruments? No, he. Uh, I mean, yeah, I brought some of my guitars in. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I hate to burst uh, guitar players' bubbles, but he can kind of he plays through anything. Like at that point, he had his Marshalls, I believe. Yep. And um, and he had his Palmer uh, DI things for some stuff. He uh, some of the solos and a lot of the phase guitars were, were through a Digitech. Um, what, what what was that model? That uh, double space rock mount thing. Oh, you're asking. You got to ask Brandon that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but but you know I can't remember. It's like twenty one something, and and it was like you know I think I, I think it was popular for a few years. But he had he had one of those, and so you know we just kind of used whatever was around. Huh. It's interesting because you know in. The history of rock and roll guitarists have always been like these super, you know, guitarists were always kind of super picky about their gear. And now, in, and what you're telling me is it sounds like it was just, hey, you know, let's use this one. Let's use that one. They weren't so, uh, sort yeah, of and, 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 yeah. And, and he had, uh, he had this really nice, uh, uh, butterscotch telecaster that he, that he played a lot. I mean, mm. I, I would say that was one of the more of the main instruments that he was playing was his telecaster. Do you have sort of like a main guitar in your own playing outside of this project, or or did you? Uh, yeah, then? I mean, I, I, yeah, I was fortunate fortunate to uh, work on a record with uh, Jeff Healy, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. And Jeff is a, a, a fantastic um, blind guitar player from uh, from Toronto, and he plays on his lap. Yes, um, yes, I know. Who, uh, there's a one of my favorite videos of him and Marcus Miller playing together. Exactly. I mean, he's just a phenomenal musician, and and he gave me this uh, hollow body telly uh, that I've had now for you know twenty five years. That's uh, kind of my main. That's excellent. I didn't expect yeah. such a cool story to come out of that. Um, so we're uh, we're wondering yeah. about Mister X on Victor. We don't know what that title means. Um, well, I mean, uh, it could be, it could be a, um, a tip of the hat to MDMA. It could be, uh, you know, have to ask Alice that one. He wrote all the lyrics. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Like we were saying we expected such a, a funny and goofy record and it's actually kind of dark at times. No, it, it is dark. And, 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 uh, and, and uh, the, there's a, there's a poem, Victor, uh, for, and, and that's where Alice got the name from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, and the, 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 the author's, uh, name escapes me right now, but, but it's a very, very dark poem. That's right. And, uh, and, and yeah, and it was purposely, it was purposely supposed to be a dark record. I think they, you guys achieved that. It's, it's definitely like one of the most, uh, and I use this word in the nicest way, eccentric 
records that I've ever heard. It's different than anything else I've ever experienced. Yeah, well, and, you know, I mean, um, Alex and his sons were, uh, his sons, uh, you know, were, were listening, listening to a lot of Nine Inch Nails and Tool and Rage Against the Machine and, and different things at that time. And I think it sort of filtered into, into our subconscious a little bit. In the liner notes of the record, it says uh, you're credited as, use, as what, using or playing a black hole guitar on the track Promise. What right. is a black hole guitar? Uh, it, it's just it's just the sound that that we found and and and, uh, and we would write presets on them and, and we just call that one black hole. Oh, I see. It's, it's an effect or a setting that you were playing. It, to exactly. It, exactly. Very cool. And I mean, I mean, Alex, Alex and I actually got got together. Uh, I, I actually forgot this, but uh, the reason why I think we ended up working on this record together is because Guitar Player Magazine asked him to write a song. Um, for their magazine, I can't remember what it was for. It's like for, uh, they had those. Remember those little floppy discs that that you could put on a record player? I think uh, um, years ago, and, 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 and like they, and they used to sell them in magazines, and you rip it out and put it on your. Oh yeah. Table. Yep. And so, um, and so we we wrote this acoustic. Excuse me, we wrote this acoustic piece called "Strip and Go Naked," <laughs> and, and and that was the very first thing that we wrote together uh, for Guitar Player Magazine, and then we just had such a great time doing that and recording it that we just continued. Wow, so that was the first track written. Yeah, and it's funny. And Strip and Go Naked comes from my sister, who makes this, this amazing summer drink that's like pink lemonade, beer, and vodka. And it sounds disgusting, but it's really good. And, and if you drink enough, you strip and go naked. <laughs> that was my next question. What is that drink? What's in it? So it's pink lemonade, any beer. Yeah, so here, so, so here, here's the official recipe. You, you, get a, you get a can of frozen pink lem- lemonade, a 26 of vodka, and sticks like really cheap beer, like like Blue Ribbon or something like that, and, and put it into a, a mixer. And, and you don't taste the beer. The beer just adds carbonation. And then and then because the, the lemonade uh, concentrated, it basically tastes like the most delicious pink lemonade um, alcohol drink you've ever had and gets you lit. Yeah, right. So this is going to be a fun summer for me and all my Rush buddies now that we have an Alex Lifeson <laughs> drink. <laughs> exactly. Strip and go naked. I like it. Um. Can you uh, shed any light on who Randy Knox is? I'm sorry, what was that? Randy Knox has uh, credit in the liner notes, and none of us know who it is. It's in memory of Randy Knox. Uh, uh, Randy was a, a friend of, uh, of Alex that passed away. Let's see. Yeah, um, but that's just a, it's a, it was a, a personal thing of his. Sure. I'm trying to think if I got everything I wanted to ask you, uh, because I know Brandon and I had a bunch of stuff. So you're right now. You do uh, you play with Jason Mraz, right? I have yeah for the last twelve years. You do mostly because um, I'm trying to find. I'm on your website. I'm looking at your pictures. Is it mostly acoustic or what kind of what kind of stuff are you playing? Well, I, I, I'm uh, on the uh, Love Tour in 2013. I was a musical director, and so uh, I covered all of the uh, guitar parts that Jason wasn't playing. So acoustic, electric, mandolin, dobro, different things. Oh wow. Because Jason's primarily uh, an acoustic player now, and, um, and years ago on, on the first tour that we did, he was playing some electric, but now he's he's not really interested in playing electric live. He's uh, playing either steel or nylon string. Sure. Where can people find your your latest stuff or any websites that you want people to go to to find you? Yeah, well, it's uh, BillBellMusic.com. Great. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I so appreciate it. Hey, thanks for reaching out. I'm going to have to go listen to that record now. It's been a while. (laughs) Oh, this is great. All right, man. Take it easy. Okay, cheers.